Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world, from border to border, coast to coast, and to all the ships at sea. I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate, and thank you for tuning into the Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut through the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology. My guest today is none other than Sandy Vance. Sandy is the president and founder of CounterPoint Solutions, which provides collaborative project and event management services for healthcare interoperability events. Sandy brings nearly 20 years of experience integrating the systems and business of healthcare. She's an evangelist and subject matter expert for standards-based health IT interoperability. Sandy, welcome to the Tate Chronicles. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. You know, I know that we've got a big event coming up in, in March, uh, which is the Vive event in Nashville, Tennessee, and you're heading up the Interop Now Pavilion, which is going to be uh, 26th through 29th at the uh, Nashville uh, event. And I'm really fascinated to talk to you because your leadership role at this event provides you with unique insight uh, to vendors, providers, agencies, and all these entities as a process of digitization and sharing of data progresses. And so I'm going to be at the Vive conference next month, and I'm coming to the pavilion, Interrupt Now Pavilion. Can you give me an idea of what I can expect to see? Absolutely. So the Interop Now at Vive Pavilion is really a place to be for those that are looking to advance access to healthcare data and the use of it through things like automated intelligence, machine learning, you know, interoperability initiatives years ago, you know, I've been doing these cross industry multi stakeholder events uh, since 2010. And many moons ago, when we were doing this at conferences, it was all about making the connection and getting the data from point A to point B. And it's really Mm -hmm. an exciting time as the world of healthcare digitization, it sort of transforms into true interoperability that allows us to build on having the data and really focus on what value we can add with that data through digital insights. You know, I can remember those. Uh, it sounds like every major conference every year in, in healthcare, there would be a interoperability uh, section. And yep. uh, 10 years ago, uh, the big event would be if a lab result could be sent from one system to another. But I think we're way past that in terms oh, of, uh, yes. you know, what can be moved, what's important that can be moved from point A to point B. So true. And, you know, what we're really focused on is instead of trying to do these um, coordinated use case stories where it's a fake story around a fake patient and we're showing, look, the data got from point A to point point B. Now our goal is really to orchestrate the education so that healthcare CIOs and you know, anyone from a provider or payer organization really can join in the conversation and learn what this, you know, modern world of interoperability looks like now and how they can advance their strategies to move the needle uh, when it comes to patient care. So in this event, each of our half day 
vignettes will sort of have a state of the issue around a certain theme and interoperability. So either like a government agency or a standards development organization or another industry expert, we've got several folks coming in from various consortiums like uh, the Karen Health Alliance and the Civitas Networks for Health. So they'll talk about what they're doing, like what their focus has been in interoperability. And then we'll have the technology vendors actually showing what they can do in a real world use case. So they're going to be up there with a client from a payer or provider organization Mm. showing an Mm -hmm. actual story, the before and after implementation. What was the value proposition? How did we create value in this organization? How did we reduce costs, reduce, you know, ER admits, all of those things um, that we really look to do from a tactical perspective to improve patient care? Like why, you know, what did they do to have impact and and why it's so important that the CIOs pay attention to these interoperability initiatives that are happening across the industry. As you know, there's a lot going on, right? It's not, um, you know, it's not about get, moving the data anymore. The data is free, fully liberated. Now let's make use of it in the best way possible. And so um, it's just an exciting time to be focused on interoperability. Uh, you know, the, the whole issue of interoperability, I'd like to take a couple steps back and, um, Uh, kind of discuss it, uh, because everybody says, well, interoperability is a good thing. But just because it's a good thing or best practice does not necessarily mean we can predict when it's going to come into widespread use. The the adoption of electronic health records really was promoted because of massive government financial inducements. What do you think it would take for the obvious advantage of healthcare data interoperability to to truly enter the mainstream? Is it going to be incentives or adjustments to reimbursement? Or, you know, will it just seem like such a good idea that providers will do it? No, I think there's going to be a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot of government involvement. I think there already is a lot of government involvement. Um, Folks that come to the Interop Now Pavilion at Vive are going to, you know, hear Alex Muggy uh, from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services talking about their prior authorization rule that is requiring payer to provide a provider data exchange. We're going to have some deep dive conversations into that new attachments rule that's just come out. ONC obviously focusing heavily on um, digital modernization. The CDC is putting out a ton of funding around digital modernization right now. So, you know, there's going to be a ton of government involvement, but I think it really is going to fall back to industry to help make sure these things actually work and make sure that we have a feedback loop. And that's one of the things that I aim to foster in this Interop Now Pavilion is we're going to have all these chief information officers from the provider organizations, and we're going to have all these technology vendors that are there, boots on the ground, making this stuff work all the time. Let's get them engaged in conversations with these rulemakers, Mickey Trapathy, Alex Muggy, you know, all of these folks that are coming. We're going to have Andrea Bennon from the, the National NH, CDC NHSN project. So there, there's, it's really important. I, I think it's going to take a ton of government involvement in the forms of these rules, but I think that they're going to need to continue to be informed by organizations like Health Level 7 International and by the entities that are actually having to make this stuff work in a very practical and tactical way every day. Um, But 
from your question, I would say you know, interoperability is here. We're doing this. We're doing this. And there are a lot of organizations that have already implemented standards-based APIs. There are tons of technology providers that are coming out and are facilitating um, this sort of advanced level of uh, machine learning and insights on patient data that are, are improving healthcare providers' ability to meet patients where they're at every single day. So um, I think it's just going to continue to um, explode. Things like the national networks, of course, are going to help foster the improvements. But we're going to have to continue with that feedback loop because there's no single answer. Right, exactly. And, you, you know, part uh, as the energy moves forward, well, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, government or uh, or certainly uh, some of the Medicare reimbursement uh, schemes, uh, macromeps those kind of things that uh, for inpatients, the promoting interoperability, the, one of the categories where points can be gained uh, for, for hospital systems is that they're hooked up to the, they can access the TEFCA network once it goes live. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that is, that is a, uh, you know, a, pr- a promotion, in, certainly in that way. We haven't seen that on the provider side, you know, uh, individual ambulatory providers, but I, I'm sure that'll be coming at some point. But um, one thing that sounds interesting about your, the Interop Now Pavilion is it's not going to be just salespeople, nothing wrong with salespeople, but it's going to be actually folks coming from a provider background and or a technical background, really demonstrating how these things work potentially in a real world environment. That's right. Not just potentially, but actually, right? So Um, All of our premier and lead sponsors this year have been invited to bring an actual client where they have implemented their technology and had impact to share that story and talk about the before and after. Uh, So one of the really cool stories that we'll see is um, that CDC National Healthcare Safety Network has implemented um, this product called LINK that helps the, them get the data you know, to and from hospitals that's necessary for some of the COVID notification stuff. And um, we'll actually get to see like what they were looking for, what they thought their problem was, what they implemented, and how they were able to really transform the way they're delivering that information because of the product. And I think that's so important because oftentimes when you're just looking at a demo, it's hard to understand how that is relevant to your particular um, your particular environment. But I think that that's something that will really shed a lot of light on at this upcoming event. You know, um, kind of shift over to cultural side of interoperability. Maybe not in a inpatient uh, setting, but in an ambulatory setting, if a provider receives information uh, from a network, uh, whether it's existing network or TEFCA, how universally is that data going to be trusted? Um, and by that, I mean, is that uh, the quality of that data? Now, uh, this doesn't have anything to do with the pl- plumbing or HL7 or fire or API or anything else. Uh, we know that. Uh, uh, a perfect example is there is a uh, diabetic medication now that's frequently prescribed off-label because there may be weight loss as a side effect. Um, and so uh, so it's covered by insurance. Some providers uh, give some type of diabetic diagnosis. 
so the patient's insurance will cover that drug uh, for weight loss. Um, and so uh, that is kind of my concern I have about uh, data in this. Uh, interoperability is really just going to move data around. It's not going to alter that data. Uh, Isn't that so I'll interesting, a, Jim? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. One of the things that we're seeing right now is this mm-hmm. explosion of data aggregators who are really looking yes. to to take all that data and parse it and clean it up for providers everywhere. And it, you're absolutely right. We've opened the pipes. Right. The the application programming interfaces. Um, hopefully fire formatted, are now delivering all of the data necessary into these networks. And when someone pulls data into their EHR, they've got more than they can handle, more than they could, you know, more than they could, certainly more than they could process as a human, but in a lot of cases, more than they can process even with their systems. And so what will how I think this is going to be dealt with moving forward is with organizations like uh, Availity. Availity was um, formerly, mm-hmm. they have this clinical solution, used to be Diameter Health. They've been doing this for years. They do what they call data upcycling, and they take that data and they they parse it and they figure out, um, you know what, if you've got listed that you're allergic to penicillin, then your chart should also say you're allergic to penicillin and all of these off-brand drugs that are used, you know, in the same instances or or and I don't know clinically if that's an accurate statement, but what I'm trying to say is like they are sure. doing they're doing the the synthesis and the analysis on the data and serving it up in an EHR in a way that makes physicians super efficient at what they're doing. And I think that this is a critical piece of the the puzzle. Um, Credo is another one. They will also be at the Interop Now Pavilion uh, demonstrating mm, a case study, a use case. A, a real life implementation where they have uh, really implemented this whole process of cleaning up the data and serving it up in an EHR with only the pieces that are needed. And I, I do, you make a very valid point that, you know, it's just like if we had, um, you know, any kind of data aggregation is going to require some type of cleanup. And, you know, we worked so hard for years and years and years to get data into an electronic format. And then we work so hard to standardize that data. And um, there are gaps and there is much work left to be done. Um, But I do think that there are a number of technology companies that are really picking up the ball here and aiding uh, providers and payers uh, in making that a much more manageable process. And those solutions will be available to to actually see them uh, live working in a demo or hear about where they've been implemented, uh, who's using them and how, you know, how successful that implementation has been and the real problems with it. Right. Like nothing's perfect. There's no silver bullet, uh, as we said before. But um, but these data aggregators are going to play a really key role as we move forward with this new uh, free flowing data. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I'll definitely spend some time with those vendors in your uh, interop pavilion. Yeah, right. The ability to make that data more potent uh, and clean it up and strip out duplicate things, uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, uh, before we go to the next thing, let me mention our audience. If you're just joining this episode, I'm Jim Tate, 
And um, today on the Day Chronicles, I'm speaking with Sandy Vance. Topic is interoperability and the upcoming interoperability pavilion at the Vive Conference, which will be uh, in March 26th through 29th. Um, one thing that you uh, mentioned uh, is, uh, well, it's a good time to talk about TEFCA a little bit, because last week, the weeks are run together, it was last week or the week before, ONC announced the first six application approvals of entities that want to uh, enter the testing phase and hopefully be designated as a quality health information networks for TEFCA. But it's really come to my attention that all QHINs, as they're called, are not going to be equal. Uh, some of them are just going to serve up, uh, re receive requests, hit the other QHINs through the network, and uh, and de deliver uh, response uh, with what data they find. Some of those QHINs are going to actually work to clean up the data. Uh, and so that's going to be fascinating to see who does what. In, in the QHINs. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a real value-add proposition among some of them. Yes. Um, yeah. And and there's a 12-month deadline on that. You, you've been involved in interoperability so much. The uh, regional health information organizations, the uh, health information exchanges, all these different entities. How big a thing do you think TEFCA is, or the potential for TEFCA? A network of networks. Well, I, I mean, I think it's an important next step forward. And uh, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how these networks manage the the cleanup of the data because for, for all the reasons we yes. just talked about. So I almost stole your thunder there, didn't I? Like we, we need to, you know, that data is going to have to be cleaned up. And as you said, some of those, um, some of those, QNs plan to do that type of data cleanup. Some of them uh, don't, and uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think time will tell. I mean, right? We have a, a whole year of testing to get ready for this. Um, I think that there are going to be some challenges with it as they go through that testing. Um, things like figuring out how the consumer consent impacts downstream data usage. And folks getting, um, you know, different providers getting patient data that, uh, you know, what that authorization looks like for them to get that data. I think it's going to be an important thing that's going to need to be hammered out over the next year because I don't think that the details are are figured out yet. So I think that there's a whole lot of a whole lot of questions yet to be answered <laughs> to, to determine mm -hmm. like, is this really going to be. You know, it the national solution, or is this just going to be another? And and I don't say just lightly. Like, it, is it going to be right. sort of the next step in um, you know getting folks access to this data? And yeah, how big it is, I think time will tell. It depends on how well they work through sort of the remaining issues. I, I know it's going to be fascinating to watch uh, through this year and and, and next year also. Uh, now we we've talked so pretty much about interoperability of uh, providers re receiving data, from whether it's from other providers or from a network or from a lab or, or where, wherever. But part of TEFCA is this uh, individual where individuals uh, have the ability to access TEFCA and I, I guess get the same data that a provider would pull out. 
I don't know. Are, do, do you know if the Q hens themselves, each one of them must offer that or will, will there be charges for that? you have any sense about well, the individual? Yeah, aspect? I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be um, a, a mixed bag on how these solutions roll out. Because to your point, the, these Q hens are far from equal. And so when you've got organizations like NextGen Healthcare, who's a large electronic health record and is going to be serving their providers with the data from the networks. Um, it's very likely, I think, that the consu average consumer, you or me, will will access our data through the, those um, those portals and those apps that they already have set up, but just in a more enhanced way with with more data, more data from other sources, right? But I think that there are also, and this is another area that I'm seeing in the last few years, this huge rise in systems that want to be the digital front door, systems aggregators yes. that are offering basically an app. So now I'm talking about your Be Well Health type of solution, right? Mm -hmm. Where they, they've got an app and you can go into the, the Be Well app and you can expect to see all of your data from the various networks and you can even, you know, get additional services like alerts and notifications about wellness, wellness type, um, you know, exams that need to be had, you can set things up like, um, you know, patient advocate type of situation, you know, if I'm taking care of my dad, I can get my dad's records, my dad can authorize mm -hmm. me to see his stuff. So I, I think that this is a whole new world in terms of, you know, and, and Jim, we've been at this a long time, buddy. We just talked about this yeah, a bit ago. Like sure. this is a whole new world in terms of, you know, I'm not just looking to access my data from this single provider in this one portal with a login and a password for each different, you know, my podiatrist and my cardiologist, like, you know, they all have a different system. Like this new world is really one-stop shopping through a system that is not only going to serve me up my upcycled data, my cleaned up data, but it's also going to afford me these additional service add-ons like the notifications, like being able to, you know, easily manage my children or my parents' care. So um, I, I think it's, you know, <laughs> it's really cool. And, and it's going to be exciting to see how these different technology providers leverage what's been made available to them through these networks. Yes. Um, and I look forward to sharing that, you know, we've got a really powerful, powerful agenda set up for the Vibe event in Interop Now. And I think it's just going to be sort of a three ring circus almost of, of, you know, here's what's possible. And when we start to get outside of our comfort zone and, and, you know, stop assuming what was, I know when I, I used to implement electronic health records back when it was still exciting to do point to point stuff. And we would, we would go into a physician practice and we would say, and, and we tell the staff, we'd say, whatever you do, don't just assume that we should build your workflow around what you're mm -hmm. doing in a patient chart. We want to reinvent, we want to stop and think about what's our goal and what's really the best way to get there with this new functionality, this new capability? You're going to have an electronic health record at your fingertips. So let's not just digitize a bad workflow. Let's rebuild the workflow, understanding what's possible. And I think that we're that was back in you know 2002 to 2010 timeframe, right? And now, now in 2023, we can look at it and we can say, you know what? Let's 
not assume we know what interoperability is, meaning a list of all your problems, meds, and allergies. Let's, let's reimagine what it means to have digital healthcare and interoperability. And let's really consider the prospect of meeting the needs of our growing population, of the people that have significant you know, health disparities uh, disparities in the amount of care or level of care they're able to get because of things like social determinants of health and you know people of co- color and people in impoverished situations mm-hmm. how can we better serve them how can we you know take this idea of universal health care and making care accessible to all and leverage the data to 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 actually do it this time Right. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really good stuff. And I think that freeing the data has been a monumental task on the part of yes. government agencies mm-hmm. and commercial organizations alike. And um, I am just I'm so excited because I'm seeing some amazing next level stuff with machine learning and um, all, all of these various you know, data aggregators that exactly. are, are adding sure. services. Well, um, we're almost out of time, Sandy, but I want to, again, remind our listeners that the Interop Now Pavilion, which will be at the uh, Vive event, the hours for that are Monday, 8 to 6.30. That's a long day for you. Tuesday, the tw- March 28, 8 to 6.30, and Wednesday, 8 to, to 1 p.m. And for information, um, uh, folks can go to the website, viveevent, V-I-V-E-E-V-E-N-T dot com, viveevent.com. To our audience, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Take Chronicles. I offer a special salute to my guest today, Sandy Vance. Sandy, thanks for coming aboard today. Thanks for having me. What a great time. I hope to see you all at Vive in Nashville. You'll, you'll definitely see me. I'm looking forward to it. You can find more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. Until we meet again, here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tape Chronicles transmission ending now.